invites us to take and eat. This is his body. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for meeting with us. Thank you for helping us in our weakness. Thank you for giving of yourself on the cross. As we transition now to your word, would you give us the grace of both understanding it and being able to apply it? I pray in particular that it would be a blessing to mothers that are here today. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, at the conference this week, which was, as I said before, really good for Christy and I, not only to get away, but also to be to receive more training. Uh, and when you're in the adoption process, some of you know that, that you go through a lot of adoption training. There's online courses to take and, and all sorts of stuff that goes into that, the education part. But it's also good afterwards to continue to be educated, to continue to hear from adoptive parents, trainers, adoptees, and, and, and let them kind of fill you with their wisdom. And one of the things that really struck Christy and I, and I think when she was sharing earlier today, you, you heard that a little bit in her words. Um, adoption is a blessing. It, it's a beautiful thing when a child can come into a family. But adoption happens because before that there was a tragedy that happened. There was a tragedy. And that tragedy involved a mother, and most likely a father. Along the way, something happened. And you can't talk about adoption only in one way, blessing, without also acknowledging the tragedy of it. The horror, the ugliness, the the pain, the sorrow... And we really felt like we need to make sure we are recognizing that. We are, make sure you don't view it just through the rose-colored glasses, because it's not. It's not what it is. I think in motherhood, we also have to be careful, and, and that's why the video we showed this morning was so perfect, that motherhood involves tears. It involves pain. Motherhood can be hard, difficult. There's days when maybe you wish you weren't a mother because anything else would be easier than the pain you're feeling right now. We remember that it was said of Mary, a sword will pierce your soul. I mean, the crucifixion must have been hard for a lot of people. And of course, for Jesus, it was the hardest. But for the people watching it, it couldn't have been any harder than on Mary. There's a sword for mothers. And I just want to acknowledge that. And I want to talk about that today. So would you turn to Romans chapter 8 with me? Romans 
maybe it's not what you would have thought we would have said in a, uh, talked about on a Mother's Day, but I think it'll be a very powerful word as we apply it to mothers. Romans 8, verse 31. Paul's writing to a church that's going through persecution. There's opposition to Christianity, to the church. And he wants to push back and he wants to say, this is how it is. This is the truth when life is hard. Verse 31. What shall we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God knows, and based on this verse, it's right here, God knows that sometimes in with mothers, you are against you. You are against you. And God knows that sometimes you condemn you. This is what the this is what the scripture says. Verse thirty three Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. No, no one can actually literally condemn you. And, and then he also says In verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, of course there's people who are against us. I mean, the Roman church here, the Christian church, I mean, they knew people were against them. But Paul's saying, if God is for you, who are those people who stand against you? What do they amount to? And I think we can include our own selves, us. Sometimes, moms, you are against you. And sometimes you condemn you. I did some reading, um, both uh, Christian articles and secular articles, and I was trying, because I'm not a mother, I was trying to get a picture of how the pressures of life affect mothers. You know, through the words of a mom, what can I learn? And I came across some different phrases, that different words that are heavy on mothers. I want to throw some of those words out there. I want to throw some of those words out there. There's four of them. The first word, fat. Now, it's very good to be physically fit. That's very good indeed. 
But we also know our, we live in a culture that shames body sizes. We know that when you look at the magazine racks, you see airbrushed models that don't even look like that in real life. But this is the image that's out there, and it can make a mom just feel fat. Uh, another word. Uh, the next word, selfish. Selfish. It is right to highlight the incredible sacrifice of mothers. Because they do so much. They serve so well. But you don't want to get out of balance and portray this idealized notion that moms really should have no time for themselves. They just live for others. That's all they do. I think of Christy and I and, and be able to get away last week and do a conference in a couple days before the conference and just be away. That's not selfish. That's taking care of yourself. Uh, Sabbath. I mean, some moms, you are just as busy on the Sabbath day as any other day. You're cooking, taking care of the family. It's not really a day off for you. But the Lord knows you need a Sabbath. You need rest. And it's not selfish to take some time for yourself. And yet I know mothers can have this idea, this notion that if at the end of the day I'm taking time for myself, that's selfish. There's stuff to be done. I want to talk about that. Here's a phrase. Next one. Up. Not good enough. That dinner, not good enough. The, the list of things that have to be, get done, not good enough. Your employment, not good enough. Some, some mothers have this playing like a soundtrack in their brain. Nothing I have done is good enough. And I don't know why that is. I mean, I don't know if you're comparing to other people. I don't know if that's the, the, um, the bad part of Facebook and us putting pictures up of all of our perfect mothering moments for you to see. Look at my kids. They're well-behaved. They're sitting in a row here. Look what my kids have built for me and made for me. And you're like, my kid made a... a uh, a crooked birdhouse. It's not going to hold any birds at all. You know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, the, perfection is shared online, but moms know life's not like that. We do tend to take pictures of those best moments, and sometimes the words we hear that you hear are not good enough. And then I'll give one more that I think if this doesn't summarize it, I don't know what will. Bad mother. Have you ever said to yourself in your own heart, I'm just a bad mother? Mothers wouldn't do that. Mothers wouldn't say that. Mothers wouldn't lose, a good mother wouldn't lose their cool. A good mother, and you fill in the blank. And so then you conclude, I must be a bad mother. I want to I fight those notions with Scripture this morning. I want to I fight against them. Because I know there's days, even if you don't live that every day, I know there's days where that is what's going on. Let's fight some of those things with Scripture. Number one, I would say to you, mothers, that God loves you 
with an expensive and eternal love. And God wants you to know, I think overarching, that he's for you. I mean, that's the point of this whole passage. If God is for us, who can be against us? God, show us how much you're for us. Show us how you demonstrate this, I'm for you. And and number one, I'd say, when you feel unloved and unappreciated, on those days when nobody has thanked you and and you're frazzled, and they're kind of like, boy, mom's got an attitude today. Stay away from mom. You know, watch out. You know, those days, (laughs) um, those are the days you need to remind yourself I am completely loved by God with an expensive and eternal love. The expensive part, I mean, check this out. Verse 32. God, he didn't spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? There are so many things that you might feel are lacking. You know, Maybe you look at your health and you say, when am I going to get healthier? When is God going to take this this burden of this health issue away. And, and, and God, He's going to provide for that. Either in this life or the next, that's going to happen. Or, or, or you look and you say, it, it, it's mental health. Why do I got to deal with depression, anxiety? Good mothers don't. Stop. Stop. God loves you with an expensive love. He gave you His Son. One day He'll give you all things. If God gave you His Son, will He not also give you everything else? It's kind of like this. Many of the things that we may lack right now are one day. One day, these things will come through. One day He'll, he'll, prov- he'll provide in these areas where it feel, you feel so weak. One day. But when it comes to the best gift, Jesus, that's already happened. That was yesterday. That was 2,000 years ago. That happened. The best has been given. Everything else is still yet to come. There's more to come. But the best has already been offered. And according to this, that love, nothing can take it away. Even if there was an angel, I mean, demons we kind of understand. Of course, a demon would like to take away God's love for me. A demon would love that. But even if it was an angel that said, you're not worthy of God's love, I'm an angel. I understand God's love. I've never rebelled against God like you have. Even if it was an angel that wanted to take it away, hypothetically, couldn't do it. It couldn't happen. Even if you feel unloved, unappreciated. Nothing can take away God's love for you. That's a promise. It's yours. So maybe on those days when you feel unloved, this is the prayer request. God, I know you love me. Thank you for the love you've given me in Jesus. Thank you that one day these imperfect things in my life will go away. But I'm I'm waiting for those things to go away. But for now, would you help me experience the depths of your love for me? Would you show it to me? Would you help me experience it right now? And then wait on him to give you that reaffirmation of his love for you. Nothing can take it away. Number two. On the days when you feel condemned, the scripture reminds you you are guilty of nothing. 
You're guilty of nothing. On the days when you think, I'm a bad mom, look how I messed up. Look how I lost my cool. Look how I didn't do what I said I was going to do. Look, you're not condemned. This is the Word of God. Verse 33. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? And the answer is nobody. Nobody gets to do that. God's the judge. Nobody gets to bring a charge against you, not even you. God justifies. Justification is just a big word that means not guilty. It's the judge saying not guilty to you. Even though you've sinned, he said not guilty. Um, Let me say it like this. Your child getting suspended from school does not condemn you. Your choice to bottle feed instead of breastfeed doesn't condemn you. Your decision to put your kids in public school instead of homeschool doesn't condemn you. The miscarriage doesn't condemn you. The divorce doesn't condemn you. You're not condemned by your prodigal child. You're not condemned by your depression. You're not condemned when you're in the grocery store checkout and you have one of those glorious mother moments where you blow up at your kids and yell at them because they want five Snickers bars. That doesn't condemn you. Whatever personal sin that you're most ashamed of, that doesn't condemn you. Many of those things I read today aren't even sins. You know, they're not even sins. Uh, Sending your kid to public school, that's not a sin. Going through the heartache of a miscarriage, that's not a sin. And yet I know that you can carry the weight of that as if you've done something wrong. And you have not. Those things don't condemn you. And even the things that do fall into the category, the clear category of sin, screaming, (laughs) you could put divorce in that under some circumstances, Abortion. Whatever that sin is, God says, as bad as it is, it can't possibly condemn you. Because the judge said you're not guilty. He's already spoken. I mean, it's past tense. You are justified. One day you'll stand before him and you're going to be able to hear it. And that's going to be a good day when you actually get to hear it. But he's giving you the preview and saying, even now I've already rendered verdict. Not guilty. None of those things condemn you. So I don't know whatever you carry, whatever shameful thing, or, or, or whatever, whatever's weighing you down and you feel like, I am bad, but God says, you're not a bad mother. You can't possibly be because you're not guilty. You're innocent. And if I made you innocent, that'd actually make you good. I made you good. I made you righteous. That's what I did. If someone is condemning you for one of those things, you need to know what God has said. 
Because that person doesn't get to take away the love of God for you. Whoever's making that accusation. They don't get to take away God's love for you. Now, uh, some days, I know you're going to feel overwhelmed. Just, just the number of things that must be accomplished. Some of you moms, I mean, you have employment, you have a boss you've got to work for, and, and the boss can drive you crazy, and then, and then over here you've got home stuff going on, and you've got to make sure your kids get their homework done, and, and you're making a meal, and, and, and you, you're, just, you're living in all these different worlds. I mean, you're juggling, and I'm a terrible juggler. We all know men can't multitask. Uh, so we're blessed that you can multitask, but, but on those days where you say, no, it's just one, one ball too much, you know, I, I can't juggle anymore here, I feel overwhelmed, you need to know on those days Jesus is praying for you. On the days when you don't feel the love of God, when it seems like something is separating you, even though that's not true, On those days, Jesus is interceding for you. On the days when you're reminded of that sin, Jesus is praying for you. He wants you to be free of that. This is the Word of God. Who then, verse 34, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. When you feel condemned, when you feel low, when you feel, I mean, low in a bad way, you know, like like, like you feel like you're worth nothing, Jesus is saying, that's not true, and I'm praying for you, Mother. I'm praying for you. He's interceding. I just got to say, that's awesome. That's awesome that Jesus is so in tune with your emotions He's so in tune with your life circumstances that when he sees something like going on, he starts praying. It's a reminder for us kids to also pray for our mothers. Let's lift them up because it's not easy. If we were easy, you know, I know we're not. We're not easy. So when you feel overwhelmed, know Jesus is praying for you. And number four, this is where it's all leading. This is is Paul's glorious statement here when he gets to the end here. Um, Shall anything separate us from the love of God? Verse 35, what shall separate us? He says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you know what uh, being more than conquerors means? I mean, if you, I mean, this is a Roman letter. I mean, Rome was good at conquering, you know? I mean, th- th- they were the experts. If they wanted to take your city, they just lay siege. They'd camp around your city, and you'd be in the city starving, and basically they'd just outlast you, you know? I mean, they'd be like, you're hungry for food. They're camped around the city. You can't get out. If you do get out, they kill you. Uh, they'd be like, we can wait. We can wait. We'll take over. And if you wanted to fight them militarily, they, they just they'd crush you. Rome, conquerors. You've all seen the movies. They're conquerors. And Paul says, you know, as much as you know about Rome and their military might, you are more than that. More than a Roman 
conqueror. More. So it's, it's not that you just get victory. You get overwhelming victory. That's what he's saying. You're victorious in a, in a way that is just so far above. Uh, I'm sorry, moms. I was really, I've been gone all week, and I was really trying to think of a good mother analogy for this. But I got a sports one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But some of you moms love basketball, and my wife's included in that. She loves basketball. Um, so this is, I, I can do this. I can make a connection to, good, to, to mothers here. Okay, this will work. You go to your son's basketball game. And they're playing uh, their, their rivals, you know, and, and, and it's rough. They've played them before in the season, but they play this time. And let's say they beat them like 50 to 6. That's not a, that's, that's right there. That's what that is. Yeah, do, you do that again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's it. Although usually the volume's turned up a little bit when you do that. <laughs> it's not that, it's not that they just won. They won big. They creamed them. That, that, that mother feeling right there, like, yes, beat you, you know. <laughs> oh, man. I'm more of the calm one of basketball games. <laughs> Christy's not. Um, uh, that's the mothering thing right there. Um, that's more than conquerors. It's not that you just won, you won big. You creamed the enemy. They're done. And that's Jesus. He beat the enemy. He beat sin. Sin killed him, but three days later he resurrected. He beat sin and he beat death big time. Big time. That's victory. That's more than a conqueror. And then he says, that's you. It's not just Jesus. Because he said, he makes clear the Jesus thing. I mean, did you see that here? I mean, he says, verse 34, Who's the one who condemns no one? Jesus Christ who died. Like, okay, he died. He forgave me my sins. And then Paul's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. More than that, more than that, he was raised to life. He was raised to life. I mean, he's like, he conquered death. And he's like, and you, you are more than a conqueror too. And so I don't care if it's angels, demons, present, future, powers, height, depth, or anything else. Nothing can take that love away from you, that conquering love. The kind of love that says, uh, give me your worst. If life throws its worst at you, and you're walking through that really hard trial with Jesus, on the other side of the trial, you come out more in love with Jesus. You can't lose. And if that thing kills you and you die, you get to be with Jesus, you can't lose. That's his point. Nothing. As bad as life can get, it can't conquer Jesus' love. You're more than a conqueror. So let me apply this to you moms with expectations. The world has so many expectations. And I think sometimes it's not that you have to do it this way. It's just that society kind of is just like, this is the way it needs to be. This is what mothers are like. And those expectations can weigh on you and you can feel like you're not much of a conqueror at all. You can feel like you're failing. And that's not what God wants for you. So I want to fight that for a second. Let me say this. Even if dinner is burned, you're more than a conqueror. 
And even if this newfangled common core math homework is ridiculously confusing to you, which it is for me too, you are more than a conqueror. Even if your home is messy every single day but Christmas, you're more than a conqueror. Even if you have no desire to homeschool your kids, you're more than a conqueror. Even if your kids are very unpopular at school, you're more than a conqueror. Even if you can't bear being a mother today and you long for those carefree days of your youth, even on those days, you are more than a conqueror. Even if you couldn't imagine living without gluten, chocolate, or caffeine, where's the amen? There, I knew it. I, I felt it coming. You are more, <laughs> more than a conqueror. Even if Proverbs 31 makes you want to cuss, you are more than a conqueror. <laughs> and even if you'll never clean, cook, or manage your home as well as your mama, you are more, <laughs> you are more than a conqueror. Men, would you amen that? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what expectations have been laid on you. I tried to think through some of them that I've seen and share them, even in a humorous way. But I know on those bad days, it's not so funny. It just feels hard. You are more than a conqueror. I love what Meyer says. Uh, if we could put that quote up. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? And he says, it's a holy arrogance of victory in the might of Christ. Oh, man, I love that. You know, that's, that's, like, that's like, like that boasting in Christ. Like, I'm not supposed to boast, right? Well, boast in Christ. A holy arrogance of victory in the might of Christ. Jesus, I don't feel like I measure up to any of these other mothers, but because you're for me, because you're living in me, because you're working through me, there's huge victory in my life. And I'm going to boldly proclaim that. In fact, I'm going to be prideful in that because it's not me, it's my Savior. Mothers, the best thing about you then is Jesus in you. Jesus working through you. Sometimes I've had the privilege at funerals to talk about mothers. And I love, I love saying these words. Those things about your mama that you loved so much, Jesus made her like that. Jesus was shaping her. He was transforming her. You saw Jesus in her. Praise God for your mother. Praise God for her. Um, we're over. Let me conclude with this. Um, what shall we say in response to all this, Paul says? What do we say in response to God being for us? Who can be against us? I can't say very much, can I? Um, can I just give you four new words that I'm going to pray are on repeat through your brain today and in the coming year instead of those other words we had at the beginning? I hope you have words like this running through your mind, especially on the hard days. I am loved. 
I pray you have the word loved running through your mind. You're loved by God. You're loved by your family. You are loved. I hope you also have this word running through your brain. I am innocent. Completely innocent. There's no condemnation for me. So whatever Satan wants to remind you of, you play that tape. I'm not condemned. I'm justified. I am innocent. I hope you have this word in your this phrase. I am prayed for. I am prayed for. I feel overwhelmed today because I've seen the list of what I got to get done. But I'm prayed for by Jesus Christ today. I'm prayed for. And then finally, I hope you have this playing through your mind. I am more than a conqueror. Jesus wins. And because Jesus wins, I win. And we win big. And we do this. And we scream and make a noise about it. Because it's exciting to win big. Especially when you're beating Satan. It's exciting to win big. As we go this morning, moms, I pray that you've been uplifted by this. I pray that this was an honest look at motherhood. I tried to read a lot uh, to, to, to get in the right mindset of the difficulties and challenges. Um, be blessed today, mothers. We love you. You do such important work. As we go out today, there will be ushers at the door. We, on Communion Sunday, we always take a special offering for needs in this community, this church, the surrounding area. We want to bless people. We want to help provide for them when there's needs. So if you'd remember that as you walk out this morning, this is what we do. We provide. We help. And I want to, as we go this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And I want to give a benediction that recognizes our important role in helping others, even as we leave today. If we could put that up this morning, Al. Lord Jesus Christ, you have taught us that what we do for the least of our brothers and sisters, we do also for you. Give us the will to be the servant of others as you were the servant of all and gave up your life and died for us, but are alive and reign now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you.